We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded and pay our respects to Elders past, present and Aboriginal Elders emerging. Welcome to the Vale Podcast, in bed with Robin Vale Appliances and Furniture Zone. New name, same people, more stuff. Afternoon, lads. More Hello, afternoon, Jay. <laughs> wow, I even directed you. You still get it wrong. How are you, Donnie? Somewhere it's AM anyway. <laughs> I'm sure somewhere it is. How yeah. are you? Good. How are you? Overworked. Always. You look tired. Oh, mate. You do look tired. Under the pump. Yeah, I've come off two night shifts too. Just saying. Just saying. Yeah. yeah, but then you have a week off. No, no, I only got two days and back at it. Yeah, we uh, we work twelve hours a day, seven <laughs> days a week, three hundred sixty-five days a year. So. Uh. Do you want me to get you, get you some tissues? No, no, no. Fair point. Anyway, yeah. Right. So you haven't had your flu shot yet, you were saying? No, not not yet. I'm um, booked in, mm. but um, haven't had it. Apparently not hard to get. Is that why you haven't Can had you, it? Why can't we no, hear it's you? Is it because you're too tall? Lower your seat. Well, how do I? We are at Network House, so you can... Um, no, Charlie, it's because... There you go. <laughs> I'm booked in to get it. And just haven't had it yet. I think it's next week. Yeah, that's, it was that's Carmel. Show. She organises that. I just do what I'm told. So. Good. We yeah, have that local. recorded now. Mm. Mm. No, nah, she knows that anyway. So. Oh, very good. Mm. Have you have you downloaded the app, the COVID Safe app? Yes, I have. Good. Yeah, now, I've got it here somewhere. I need to talk about the COVID Safe app. Okay. What? There is there the government is. is not following you. <laughs> they do not care where you're going. So, so wait, wait, I see it. They've been following me for a long time anyway. Well, so Google who cares? knows where you are. Yeah, exactly well, right. Google are listening to you. Mm. But mm. the way it works is they're collecting data of, of who you ping off. So now yep. me and Donnie are sitting next to each other. So they know that I've been in contact with Donnie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they don't know where we've been in contact, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's not if they're going to say, oh, know what Network House on, mm. what's the date today? Uh, they don't care about that. They just want to know who has been in contact with you. Mm. Yep. That's right. But if you've got nothing to hide, then what's the big deal? Mm, no, I reckon just do it. Why not? Yeah, if it gets us back to normal life quicker, what, what are we waiting for? Mm. I think there were 6 million people that might have downloaded. Last yeah, that's time. a small yeah. percentage really they though. Were, they were but looking for about 8 million in one stage, weren't they? They no, need more. I, th- yeah. I, thought, I thought we overshot what they were expecting. Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, we needed at least 40% for it to be effective. Yeah, well, that's 40% right. 40% of the population and we're certainly not million, there now. Is well, 26 not. is our population. Yeah, so 40% yeah. of that, mm. probably 8 to 10 yeah. million. Mm. So. If we can get 10 million, that would be effective. But I do find myself now, and I don't know whether this will be the new normal, when I go out making sure that I've got it on. Because mm. it needs to be running in the background. That's the other thing. It does thing. drain your mm. battery. That's the only thing. Does it? Yeah, it does a bit. Well, I haven't. It's, your well, Bluetooth's no. always on. Mm. Yeah, but that might be just your um, Android device. It's my 5G phone, <laughs> Jay. <laughs> well, there you go. It's 5G and 5G. you've got a COVID say. Gee, wizard. Any wonder you can't get any, uh, yeah. you haven't got a long life battery I'm, on my I'm iPhone. I'm surprised time. I don't have COVID, really. Mm, you should be. Hey, speaking of phones, though, um, <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. Uh. Speaking of phones, Carrie Ann um, has got a heap of new phones yes. down mm. at Robin Vale Appliances and Furniture Zone. Mm. And their catalogue's out. Have you had a look at it? Yeah, yeah, I have. Not. Was it in, in the mail? Yeah, it was. I didn't get it yet. Yeah. I see, Jade, we, uh, Luke's starting a running club on Saturday morning. Yes, mm. he has, and that is something we need to talk about. Are you going to come? I'd love to if I'm not working, yeah. What it's time was it? 8.30? Yeah. Which I thought is not too early. No, that's all right. Not that's too good. late. Yeah. yeah. And down, down the bottom of the bridge, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, just down the bottom of the bridge. Are you on Strava, Donnie? No, I'm not. You probably should be. 
Probably should be, yeah. Yeah, um, but it's there's it's already mapped out on Strava. Mm. So bottom of the bridge, over to Euston, to the turn off there at the back of Batesy's. Oh, yeah, yeah, at yeah. the back. Under, and, then, yeah, 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 yeah. and then back. When's Luke Before. coming in? Have a chat. Um, next week. Yeah, he can probably come in next week. Him and the priest. Yeah, we've got the priest next week. New priest, Catholic priest. <laughs> yeah, Luke is not Catholic. Oh, Anne Webster's on the phone, but she's coming in here, so she might be here. Let's pause. Oh. We are living in unprecedented times. This calls for unprecedented action. Yeah, yeah. We know these are unprecedented times and the new normal, but we all still have to eat, so we may as well eat well. The Jack Bar and Bistro are still doing zero contact takeaway, Monday to Friday. And now is more important than ever to support the dreams of small local businesses. Head to the new website for the menu. Although given the gaps in supply chains at the moment, the menu is subject to change on a daily basis. Call ahead with your order and we shall bring it out to your car when it's ready with Albert the FBOS machine. The Jack Bar and Bistro. You still have to eat, so Al and Dean are still cooking. Head to the website for all the details, robinvalebridgemotel.com.au. First time ever, but not the first time you've been on the podcast, friend of the show, our member for Mally, Dr Anne Webster, is at Network House. How are you? Well, I'm extremely excited to be here. Applause and everything. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. All the crowd's 1.5 away from each other, good. That's right. Yeah, Everybody is. is far, far away. Yeah. No, it's fabulous to be here. Thank you, Jade. You've been in Swan Hill meeting mm. with our Mayor as well today and mm. CEO. Yes, absolutely. Had a very busy day in Swan Hill. Been to the new COVID clinic, to being taken over by the Commonwealth on Monday. So that will be sustainable going forward, which obviously in this period of time is really, really important. Mm. Uh, yes, we've met with CEO um, John, of course, and also Bill mm-hmm. Moore, mm-hmm. the Mayor. Uh, we've seen the new... And Webster office in Swan yeah. Hill. Where yes. is that? It's in Campbell Street, right next to the Bakehouse, actually. It hasn't got any oh. face on it yet. But yes, but it has got it black framing now, I noticed yesterday. Right. Yeah. Yes. I, I know do. exactly. Really good vanilla slice in there. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, that's good because it's mm. one of my favourites. Just FYI, we must thank Loft 13 too for the lovely afternoon tea and lovely strawberries. Yep, mm. strawberries are amazing. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's been exciting. We've... Um, Met some businesses who have been struggling through COVID-19, just talking about what the government is offering and um, obviously putting out feelings for how we can assist and help going forward. So it's been really excellent. Now, Charlie has come prepared, even though Donnie's been hanging it on him uh, for any number of reasons. Just sitting here quietly, mind my own business. But anyway, you're doing a very well, good job, too. Yeah, <laughs> you are. It doesn't happen very often. Yeah. So... Uh, we were talking before about uh, how... I've just seen the name you brought up there, uh, Chaz, so there'll be a... Again, be a, our podcast antagonist. <laughs> it'll be a big, long essay. <laughs> yes, it will be. Um, but Jade was saying how no one really uh, thanks politicians for what they do. So just before we start, we'll, we'll do the nice thing. <laughs> oh, the boots come out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we had one guy here who said... Um, Oh, looking at <laughs> you two are like school yeah. children. Uh, that he'd like to thank you for all your work you've done with the Indonesia stuff. Not yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I was going to say that's I'll a come from there. Topic. Yeah. I met so, with Ian uh, probably what are we in January, February? Yeah, about because um, Indonesia obviously takes a lot of red globe and they were very slow on their quotas this year. Mm-hmm. So Ian done a lot of work behind the scene with Jeff Scott, mm-hmm. um, which. 
Probably now they're taking more fruit. They're actually got their quotas and they're taking grapes now, which is a bit too late for a lot of us. But anyway, um, I was just wondering where where are we going to be at with that next year? Are we still working yeah. on that behind the scenes to yeah. see how we how we're going to fare next year? Yeah, look, it's been um, as you well and truly know, um, it's been months and months and months of backwards and forwards with both um, Minister Simon Birmingham, yep. uh, Minister for Trade, and also with uh, David Littleproud. Minister for Agriculture. So we've had many phone conversations, many texts late at night, what is going on now, yeah. this is what I'm hearing, growers contacting me. Um, obviously, Jeff Scott has um, also been very helpful keeping me up to date. So uh, by no means are we finished. Uh, the work with the free trade agreement obviously has, is continuing yeah. to ensure that that runs smoothly it's all, it's all the little fine print that yeah. we've got to worry about. Yeah. So, yeah, the fine print is um, being worked through. And likewise, other, um, other markets. So yeah. it's a bit like China. You know, it's yeah. time to diversify and to ensure that the market is as secure and stable as yeah. it can be going, going forward. It, it, I don't have to tell you this. You already know it and all the growers who are listening will know it, that, you know, Australia operates by rule of law. We operate democratically. Yeah. Our word generally is precisely... What, what it is, is it's yep. the bond. Um, it doesn't necessarily work that way in no. some of our other cultures that we trade with. And yep. so that is a, a constant challenge uh, to ensure that fair play uh, occurs. Mm. Seriously challenging. But um, it's been a huge learning curve for me. Mm. Well, because over in Indonesia there's um, some certain players with the, with the quota and there was only one or two that acquired all the quota when we really needed it. But now other importers have got their quota, so it's it's making it a lot easier. But yeah. um, what about the China situation with obviously the barley getting yeah. slapped with 80% more tariffs and yeah. all that kind of stuff? Yeah. You think that's going to follow to hurt our table grapes come, say, January, February next year? Oh, look, nobody's got a crystal ball on this stuff. And um, I think that China remains obviously an extremely important uh, important trading partner for Australia uh, and our work is to maintain the most collegiate and civil um, approach going forward but mm. our primary focus is on Australia's well-being mm. and on the sovereignty uh, our rights as Australian citizens as growers um, as exporters yeah. so we will be at a government level, looking at what do we need to do to ensure that the best markets open up, the best opportunities um, occur uh, going forward. So diversification is certainly yeah. very much uh, what we're looking at. I've spoken with the Minister this last week about that. And, um, yeah, we can, we'll just continue to mm. do what is in Australia's interests. Yeah, hopefully it all sorts itself out and um, mm. all systems go because obviously it's a big industry in our Absolutely. area and yeah. um, we don't want anyone to be to falling behind. So. Yeah. And the water situation seems to be sorting itself out, which is a bonus, We're getting a lot of rain in the catchment areas. So yes. um, hopefully we'll have cheaper water to buy this year. Yeah, so. that's right. Look, there are still key things that need to be sorted through. I mean, you'll note that we had the Lower Lakes report, yeah. uh, which will just annoy everybody who thinks that it is estuarine and always has been, um, and it won't um, – it, it doesn't provide any answers. There, are, The thing about water, again, I'm speaking to Converted, I know, is that there's no silver bullet here. No. We want a silver bullet. We'd like the uh, northern um, area, the north, sorry, northern basin, uh, to sort out so that we have 
equal rules that play for all players um, and that all water is accounted for. We like the states to... um, There are just so many issues that the states have control over that the federal Mm. government does not. I'm always amused, Jane, Mm -hmm. that people think that the federal government is like the big brother and can just tell the states what to do. Yeah. And it just does not work that way. We have a federal system. I I don't understand that. Even with the COVID, every state seems to have a different rules and restrictions and all that. And then they wonder why people are getting confused because there's different rules for different states. Now, Mm -hmm. why can't the federal government stand in and say, well, especially the school issue where federal government was saying it was safe to go to school but states are still saying, no, it's not safe to go to school. Yeah. Now, why can't they just step in and say, go to school. If you don't go to school, you're going to be marked absent. Simple as that. Yeah. And I, I don't get it. It wouldn't. Mm, yeah. it, for me, it just doesn't make sense. The federal government is the government. It's it's the main player. Far yeah, as but that's part. not how the Westminster <laughs> system of parliament works, Donnie. No, health, health and education should be all run by federal. Exactly right. Oh, you try and take it off the states. And it's made even harder, though, when you have a federal government that's a coalition government and you have, for example, the, the Victorian yeah, government exactly right. Labor government. So he's basically whatever... Scott Morrison said he says the opposite. It's pretty challenging. And, uh, look, I think that the confusion and the chaos needs to stop. Yep. Um, I think that the state governments need to accept the expert advice of yep. the um, medical fraternity at that federal level mm. and uh, open the borders and let us get on with the show. Yep. The economy needs to get back on track and our health system, we have now got many systems in place to be able to manage um, potential outbreaks. Yep. Obviously, we hope that that doesn't happen, but the reason we've had this slower um, process going forward is so that we have got a health system that can manage. Right. Okay, well, it's in place now, mm. and now we need to get back yep. to life as normal as we can get it at this point in time, albeit with social distancing and yep. all of those factors. No, that's right. Mm. I think we still stick to the rules, as you were saying Down before, Charlie. Yeah. Um, yeah, if everyone grabbed the app, on their phone. That's right. Um, and you're That's a paramedic right. by trade or – you're, 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 you're alleged you are. <laughs> you're <trade school> money. <laughs> you were saying that um, in your industry or your work colleagues are saying, well, let's just open it and yeah. we'll deal with it now. It's mm-hmm. it's just got to be one rule for all. At the but, moment but it's just all over because um, we're getting totally over the pack fact that every job we go to now is COVID, potential COVID. Yeah. But it's not. It's just mm. um, like if we go to someone that's, you know, hurt their leg and then they ask them, oh, do you have shortness of breath? <laughs> And of course, yeah, I do because I'm in pain. But, <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. Everyone gown up, put yeah. your COVID stuff on. And yeah. So yeah. that's getting annoying. Mm. Yeah. Getting yeah. back to um, government spending and the whole um, – when Donnie was talking about water, uh, one, of the per- one of the guys that sent a text in uh, was asking government spending a heap of money for this whole COVID thing. We seem to be getting money coming from everywhere. Uh, is there any talk about uh, some of this money to create jobs going into drought-proofing – Australia, like with weirs dams, weirs dams locks. Yeah, so the COVID funding isn't going to that. COVID is about COVID. No, but I mean, like we f- can find money for COVID. Oh yeah. Like, like yeah. can't we find money to? Yeah, well, that, that would start jobs and promote yeah. jobs in this kind of. Look, absolutely. I think what people need to understand is that um, the government, the federal government, has already committed um, billions to water infrastructure such as dams, weirs, mm. etc., um, and it always, speaking of federation, Mm. has to be hand in hand with the states. 
Mm. So Victoria doesn't want any dams. There's no need because it's not going to rain again. Yeah. I don't know whether you yeah. knew that. Did you get that memo? <laughs> yes. It's never going to rain yes. again. Mm-hmm. Let's that remember before. that. Yep. So um, yep. whereas obviously Queensland is now um, getting on board, New South Wales. So it is really important that um, we work collaboratively very well with the states and it is a challenge when uh, they're a different agenda. But it's also, and you've seen it now, people that might otherwise not be, not give any second thoughts to politics and and the federal, state, local, for example, people are now going... Gee whiz, New South Wales and Queensland seem to mm. be off on their own little – and this I just think has ample – because you and I know and a lot of people know that this is how things have been for a long, long time yeah. and now it's just been amplified yes. because they're in the press every day going, oh, we've changed our mind. You can do this now. Actually, mm. we've changed our mind again, but let's do this, whereas the rest of the country, Victoria included, have made um, a stance at the beginning um, and stuck to it mm. and Queensland and New South Wales – Traditionally, have been a bit cowboy esque. I've tried to be as <laughs> I've tried to be as diplomatic as possible. Well, yes. What's your view on open up the borders, Jay? Should it I be think done? you have to? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. I, and you know what? Uh, particularly for because my main focus is obviously our little patch of the planet mm. here. And uh, talking to growers over the last couple of weeks, their biggest challenge at the moment is not water because it's two hundred dollars a megalitre or whatever it is now. It, it's not labour because the Pacific, Pacific Islander scheme yeah. it, it has been extended. They need to be able to get their trucks to Freighted. Brisbane. That's right. They need to be able to get trucks to Adelaide. They need to be able mm. to get into WA. You know. And it really is time. I mean, we've got um, uh, visiting medical officers yeah. who can't visit Mildura because exactly of that yeah. South Australian quarantine oh. and that is messing with uh, what is an isolated rural or regional city. Mm. Um, okay. It's a problem. Mm. And, you know, the bottom line is it's time to open the borders. Yeah. Well, it would have been good if they can do it by regions and I don't know how you do it but maybe have uh, different stages. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously Melbourne and Sydney would be a lot like further off than us have been having their restrictions mm. lifted. But this region here, we haven't had a case now for what we say, like four or five four weeks. weeks. Well, yeah. it's, it's a perfect so. example, Chaz. I think that the kids should have been going back to school in Sinrasia yep. months ago, probably yep. a month ago. Yeah. Because, okay, Melbourne, it's probably a lot, a lot different, more schools and, and all that kind of stuff. But here... We've had no cases for five weeks, whatever it is. We yep. should have had our kids back at school by yep. now. You know, and kids are – I can see it in my own kids. They're not listening anymore at homeschooling. They've had enough. Did like, they go back this week? No, none of my kids don't go back till June the 9th because oh. they're all over year two. Yeah, next week, the week after. So oh. June the 9th they go back. And that's another thing. Your prep and one went back. Mm. Oh, prep one and two, I think. And mm. then So why I'll, is it okay for them? Exactly. Yeah. It, what it, makes the, the kids who are year two and above? So what about if you got – you got? Yeah. I had a kid who was – say my, my first child was in prep and mm. then I had a couple others who were older than that. If my – I could send one to school, then come home with the uh, the yeah. virus anyway if mm, they yeah. caught it, and, and infect all us anyway. So what's the difference? Yeah, it doesn't. Again, that's Mel- a Melbourne government governing for it's Melbourne. Stupid. Our yeah. kids should have been back at school. There should be separate rules for us because we're so isolated anyway. Yes, right. And we should have been back at school because yeah. my, oh, especially my son, he's he's grade six this year. He's going to fall behind because mm. I just know that he 
he needs to go to school to learn because him and his mother are locking horns at home. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to teach him and it's just not working. And she gets mm. frustrated and I've never seen my wife so frustrated. She's a pretty patient person, mm. but mm. I rang her today. She's I was been married to you for 20 years. Exactly. Yeah, she's right. <laughs> and I, I rang her today. I was at, at, at the farm in Madura and I rang her and said, how's it going? She goes, I can't do this anymore. No, she yeah. wouldn't be the only one. No, no everyone no. you talk mm. to now. And I just yeah. think enough's enough. Come yeah. on, like, and, and, what's his name? Dan Andrews should just say, right, I – one for all. Everyone should have went back to school last week and mm. done yep. with it. You know? mm. so yeah. school just, holidays? When are they? Yeah, then oh, they, have, the they go June. back for two weeks. Yeah. And then they, they, they have go on holidays for two oh, weeks. I know. It's insane. You were talking before, or we mentioned before, the Pacific Islander yes. uh, Workers Scheme. Yes. Um, and obviously, with having international borders closed, a little bit hard for them You're to back. get them home. Mm. So, And we had a roundtable discussion, which was terrific last Thursday. Talk us through that a little bit because it, it was a long conversation, but I think there was some valuable feedback in that. Yeah, no, there definitely was. Um, so for those who don't know, we had uh, Minister Littleproud, Minister Cash, Minister Hawke and Minister Tudge. So there was Immigration, Education, Employment, Ag and Department of Foreign Affairs, uh, particularly for the Pacific. Pacific. Um, yeah, so it was fantastic to have four ministers effectively zoom into mm. Mildura uh, for us, and we had around 50 people on the call. I re- apologise right out there. If you weren't invited, I'm really, really sorry. <laughs> Next time, let me know you want to be on board. Um, and so it was a very important discussion. We wanted to evaluate the Regional Agricultural Migration Program. Obviously, for those who don't know, it consists of the uh, Seasonal Workforce Program and the Pacific Labor Scheme and the extensions that had been uh, provided Again, because of the roundtables that took place uh, throughout Mali to let the government know this needs improving, this needs mm. tweaking. Um, and so it was extremely valuable to hear from industry, from um, peak bodies, obviously, from growers themselves, their personal experiences of how it's working. We just got a letter today from Minister Hawke back in response to our letter, um, giving him a summary of that particular roundtable and he's responded to that and he wants to come back, come back, whatever that looks like in the future, and uh, talk about accommodation because we know that the Mm, accommodation issue was a key issue going back. Um, So he's very keen to look at that and also training in the home country before they come out. He's talked about what actually is offered already, but how he's very open to feedback on what should be added. So here's an idea, and this is one I was going to mention on the call, but it was 50 people on a call. Mm. Well done for managing it as well as you did. No worries. It was um, Fred Tassoni was on the call and it was very – well managed. We just got to the well end. Well done, and if Jay couldn't get a word in, that would have been, yeah. <laughs> been pretty good. Okay, wow. the option. That is the pot calling the kettle black oh. if I have <laughs> ever heard of it. I had to get in before you. <laughs> anywho, um, so when they were talking about the training on the ground um, at home, I kind of thought maybe there's scope here and this could tick a few boxes as far as permanent residency goes, as far as um, – integrating into the community, et cetera, is it worth – and I know bigger regional centres like Mildura have the ethnic committee, um, which do a great job, but maybe don't extend to Robinvale, Oyen, other areas. So maybe there's scope here to have someone who is from the islands that speak the language, that know their culture as a support officer for six months of the year or permanently – to support those people when they arrive so that there's someone here with a smiling face that can help them integrate a little bit better 
and then maybe that will ease some of the the issues that were that were mentioned in the mm, roundtable. Mm. Look, funny you should mention that. Oh, damn, I knew I should have read the letter last week. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Minister Hawke spoke today about uh, the welfare worker program mm-hmm. that is already in place that we didn't know about. Oh. And there is a hotline for the welfare worker program and I'm sure that he would be open to how it could be um, – more feet on the ground mm. as opposed to call up. But those people who work in the worker welfare uh, program also speak the languages of the people who are here. So it's good to know that. I was not aware of that. So mm. we will um, make sure it gets up on our Facebook page mm. so people can know. Um, and, yeah, look, he's aware that the whole pastoral care, if you like, yeah. uh, or welfare care, whatever you want to call it, um, is a need. Yeah, it really is. And I just think that would be... Take a lot of pressure off the growers yeah, and stuff like that. But yeah. even like even in a, a situation like when, when you're younger, if you go to another country and you jump off a plane, you're ready to go to work, like even if it's kids, mm. like I did going to America to do Camp USA, yep. getting off a plane in a foreign country, even when there's no language barrier, can be a bit of a culture shock. Mm. Yes. Imagine if you got off the plane... Couldn't speak the language, didn't know the culture, yeah. and were just expected to right off to work. Yeah. Where you go? Yeah. That would be <clears throat> that's a massive step, that's, a massive shock. To the that's system. why we probably respect our grandparents who come over yeah. from Italy mm. when they did you know, yeah. back in the fifties and sixties yep. when it was and. Yep. Language barrier, didn't know what they were getting themselves into, but they jumped on a ship and mm. come over. And uh, they're pretty your special people. Yeah. Mm. Why, have, um, why are we favouring Pacific Islands and not some other Asian countries that are the same financial? Yeah, look, it's a really good question. I did ask that question when I didn't know either. And oh. uh, the reason is that we have aid um, contracts mm. with our Pacific Island neighbours uh, to assist them, and the worker program is part of that aid um, contracting. Mm. Okay. So specifically, that's what it's so about. It's more about foreign aid than. In part, it is. It's uh, it, in part, it is the way that the contracting for labour hire has worked out. But of course, uh, working holiday maker, you can take from anywhere around mm. the world. Mm. Yeah, but and I'm just thinking, like, yeah, you know, some of the poorer Asian countries, they're not going to be able to come here on a working holiday. That, yeah, yeah, that's what we have. Well, the I think. Well, I think you raise a really good. Point, Charlie, and, and that has to do with the horticultural industry labour agreement as well, which you can again utilise people. Perhaps they've come from the um, backpacker background, uh, but you think that they have the skills, and of course, those skills under the HELA, the horticultural industry labour agreement, um, they've been broadened so that more um, skills that pertain to horticulture are now more readily available. So Mm. if you have a worker who comes in and they're fantastic at it and you want them to come back, they actually have a path to permanency now for growers to sponsor those people. Um, And, yeah, so that can be anywhere in Mm. the world. Mm. And there's a lot of, um, on that list, on the healer list, are people like irrigation managers, um, irrigation workers, like it's forklift drivers. Mm. Forklift drivers, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the list is, you can actually find the list on the... um, I'll put it up on our website. I was looking at it the other day just yeah. before the roundtable. It is quite broad now. Yeah. So there's another solution. But I brought up the same question, Charlie, why can't we do a, a Southeast Asian um, yeah. yep. Pacific Islander scheme, which would be ideal for table grapes. Unfortunately, it just doesn't lend itself to that. But then also, uh, I think you'd find you'd probably run into trouble on the other side. Like, cause I don't know how the Pacific Island uh, scheme works. Like, how do they get to people from on the other side? Like, how, how do you nominate yourself or...? They have um, – there is a name for them. There is a name for the people. It's not coming to me, though, um, <laughs> who are 
On the David's Pacifica. mouthing He's something mouthing. before What's you. He what are they called? Labor sending unit. Yes, thank you, David. That's why I brought him. Uh, Labor sending unit. So they, people from the Pacific Islands, can go to those people and put their hand up and say, "I want to." I imagine they do their own advertising, yeah. and people know what's going on. They do some training over there, depending on the country. It certainly happens in Timor Leste, um, and then they need to understand what the contract is going to be with the approved employer. Um, so they sign up and understand theoretically, understand what they're stepping into before they come out. Um, well, that was another question. Uh, some people had concerns about um, that money's not actually staying here. Mm. So these guys are getting paid, but all the money's going back. But like you were saying before, if it's a foreign aid thing, you can understand why it's, why it's mm. happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there is that, and that, that's the point about a contract. You know, it's got to work for both sides. And, um, yeah, for that particular program, it needs to work that way. But you've got to remember, they're still eating here, they're mm. travelling here. Supermarkets you know. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So the local businesses definitely benefit. On that end, I heard a whisper, and now might not be true, but I'll put it out there. Probably yeah. not. There are a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate Obviously, yeah. obviously <laughs> Pacific Islanders can't go back to their own country, so they're they're still here, but I'm hearing that some local people have been put off their work to keep the Pacific Islanders on. Have you heard really? anything about that? No. Mm. I've no, heard I the have same not. thing. Have you heard that, Jake? Yeah, yeah. In the last week I have, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, long term casual uh, workers uh, around here, yeah, yeah have been like put you're off. Like Armour Farm people? Mm hmm. Oh. I yep. heard the same thing today. Mm. Yeah, I heard at uh, Armour Farm some, uh, some local people have been put off to keep the Pacific Islanders on. Now, we don't really want that to be happening in our small town. No, we don't. So. No, no, we don't. Uh, no. So that's um, something to note. Yes, mm. and the people that that have told me that I've sort of said, keep your ear to the ground and see yes. if there's there's more, so yeah. we can build a case for this. Yeah, because absolutely. That's, um, all feedback is valuable, and that's yes. how we get to the solution that's ideal mm. for everyone. So that's right. Yeah, any more questions there, yeah, Shalutz? Oh, you go first. No, no, no you go. No, One's a great no. question. Yeah, you're. Great <laughs> wow, it's either going to be grapes or footy. Well, no, I no, dare no. say yeah. Anne's much better with grapes than um, footy. About yeah. grapes that couldn't be sold in Australia, maybe getting bought by the government to go to Pacific Islanders. Yeah, look, we tried to float this concept. Did and it ever get on? No, I worked with Jeff Scott, ATGA, yep. to try and make this happen. Again, it was one of those conversations that went through. Um, Alex Hawke and Simon Birmingham yep. and David Littleproud and uh, there's a fair bit of negotiation but it comes down to the bigger picture yep. and um, that just was not going to happen at this time. Unfortunately, I was very disappointed, very mm. disappointed. What else have you got well, there? No, the last one I've got. This is uh, something that I found on your website. So I've done yeah. a bit of a Google thing and I was interested <laughs> in... Uh... It's good to know somebody has gone there. Thanks, Charlie. No, no, and the quote was, uh, improving health services and water issues remain the highest priorities in 2020 for a member of the Mallee and Webster. So what's your vision there? Uh, so health I'm interested in, I suppose. Yeah, no, well, absolutely is an ambo. Um, health services for me need to be equitable across Mallee and at this point in time access to quality health care is not an equal playing field. Uh, I don't believe anybody in Mali is looking for a St Vincent's Hospital to be set up in Oyen or Robinvale. Mm. We, we have quite realistic expectations, but I think that um, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, I have drafted a, um, a healthcare policy that you're welcome to have a look at um, that looks at the way we currently provide healthcare across Mali and the gaps that are evident from the discussions that I've had with people and with providers. Um, 
one of the mitigations was around telehealth. So I'm really pleased that in the period of COVID, in the space of 10 days, we apparently did Mm. 10 years reform. Mm. Hello. Last week we had provided 11 million telehealth services in Australia since the beginning of COVID. The only thing is, um, uh, like when COVID first started and we had all the restrictions and the telehealth kicked off, our, our numbers in the ambulance dropped down dramatically. So just recently we've been getting another, like a, kind of a, well, I was going to say a surge in calls. Yep. And um, it's mainly because they're not, uh, people aren't getting what they want out of telehealth. So they're feeling like they're not getting looked after the way they do in yes. like a normal consultation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And so look, they still want that, yeah. Yeah, that patient face to face. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, it, and in talking with Minister Hunt about this very issue, um, I would like to see telehealth be sustainable into the future, as he would be as well. But it needs to have a balanced um, approach because obviously meeting your doctor or your specialist face-to-face it clearly has to be yeah. part of the mix. The convenience of not having to travel to Melbourne to have a catch-up, because I've just had consultations myself with a specialist in Melbourne, which we did over Zoom yeah. um, very effectively – and uh, that worked very well in my particular circumstance. It's not going to work in everybody's circumstance, understand that, but it certainly provides greater access for an awful lot of people. And it definitely has its place, like even to go and refill your script instead mm. of actually have to go in and wait in a waiting room. Mm. Yeah. Get them on the phone. How good is that? Yeah, mm. no, it's fantastic. Mm. So, look, telehealth is one aspect of it. Um, the other aspect is around I would like to see allied and primary health hubs set up so that there are some that work. Um, there's one in Robinvale. I was going to say there's one in Robinvale. Yeah, that's yeah, very yeah, effective. Yeah, yeah that's right, mm. exactly. But there aren't across Mallee. Mm. Um, and so, I, you know, one size doesn't fit all. I get that. We like our, you know, unique services. But I think that the primary allied health hub concept that actually has arterials out to our smaller so, remote communities and well, including nurse practitioners, the increase in nurse practitioners. Uh, paramedic mm. practitioners? Because that's been floated with us. But I'll get back to that. But um, see, with the, the, the hubs you're talking about, so Robinvale was going gangbusters, say, six years ago yep. when we were getting funding galore. Uh, but now it just seems to be like their services, their outreach services have been kind of stopped. Like yes. we used to go to Bell Reynolds. And, mm. uh, Up like, to debt and yeah. everywhere. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's kind of been stopped and we've lost, I suppose, we've lost positions there that just haven't been refilled. Yep. And look, the general practitioner, I can hear people say, what about doctors? Mm. Um, Yeah, look, and doctors are a key factor. Um, In the nationals, we have floated, you know, the concept of postcode prescribed um, GP allocations. There are are lots of issues with that. I get that. Um, But I think that there needs to be motivation. um, And we've tried lots of things over the years, but we need to do a whole bunch better in terms of getting doctors out into regional areas. And part of that has to do with the supervision, the difficulty of getting supervision to a smaller community, which is why I think that the whole hub and spoke or hub and arterial um, services where services are shared and, you know, you go out to very remote areas, for example, perhaps as a team with occupational therapy or physio mm. and a doctor or a nurse practitioner or whatever, yeah. um, to provide the services to those communities. And I think it also needs to be linked in a very holistic way with aged care. So we need to look at how aged care is being delivered um, in our smaller communities and in our bigger communities uh, and ensure that uh, we're not over-bureaucratising the system. Mm. <laughs> oh, <she laughs> that says, wouldn't happen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> uh, and that we're actually providing effective 
services. Mm. So there's, I, there's a here we go again. The federal, state, who's mm. doing what? Yeah. How the funding is actually um, provided? You know, often it, it seems to feel like the feds provide the check to the states, and then the states decide where they're going to spend it. If you look at transport infrastructure. Clearly, Victoria has a particular geographical space they like to work in, mm. um, and well, so we won't Victoria, go there. Victoria finishes the Bendigo. Yeah, yeah. No, it does. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah, yeah, that's right. No. 100%. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep, we yep. all know it. Um, so, yeah, look, I think uh, there's. A, I'm thrilled and very honoured to be in this role that I have. Um, been a huge learning curve in this year. I haven't actually been in the role for a year yet. Haven't you? No. So the election took place obviously May 18. Yep. And uh, then it took – I was the last oh, That's right. Yeah. You were the very last The last one, one to be announced. So mm. I was actually in June, like, I don't know, 19. So I haven't actually been a year yet. I feel like it's been 10 <laughs> in many respects. It's a great yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So many challenges all at the same time. Mm. Uh, but it's been very exciting and there's, there's a lot to learn and – my hope, my absolutely steadfast commitment is to see improvement for mm. Mali, mm. whether Any it's ambitions? industry, whether it's health, yeah. whether it's whatever it might be. Mm. Any ambitions for the front bench and any portfolios you've got your eye Yeah, look, my, um, my ambition is because I want to see Mali raised up and I think that as a backbencher there's so much I can do, true, but I think any portfolio means that I can have a little bit more um, power to make yep. change and that's what I'm committed to. So certainly I'm ambitious but for Mali. Do you know, have you got any that you would have got an asterisk beside? No. Transport infrastructure at yeah. all? No. Agri- no? Agriculture. Okay, cool. <laughs> Agriculture, yeah. <laughs> it could be anything. I uh, just hope it's not economics, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> probably a good point. Yeah. Thanks for stopping at Robinvale today. It's, it's a pleasure. Great to be with you. Really, no, really good thank to Thank you have very much. Yeah. yeah, it's always such an informative chat and we get such good feedback from mm. these chaps that people um, learn things. And I think it's – and I say this all the time. It's so important to be politically aware so that when it's time to vote um, or when it's time to make change or when you're having conversations even that you're informed and know what's going on and know how the system works. Mm -hmm. So Donnie's probably even learned something today. Had your flu shot in? Yes. (laughs) Funny. Have you – Oh, we're just talking about that off air. No, I'm still waiting on mine. Next week, I hope. So yeah. it's, see, there's going to be a bit of a shortage on those as well. No, so. no there is no, no there shortage. Mm. Yeah, there was. was. And now they're restocked. Mm. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a local – it can yeah. be a local restocking. We've actually mm. got something like 17 million – yeah, that are available yeah, that we're not yeah. going to run out. No. Yeah. And they were trying – I was when I was in Swan Hill for council this week, I had to go into the pharmacy and they were they were standing around going, has everyone had their flu shot? <laughs> Did anyone like throwing, a flu shot? Throwing like, needles around. Oh, that's a refreshing <laughs> change. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. So everyone should get their flu shot. Yes, so. they yeah. should. Thanks again. Enjoy some cake. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thank Thanks, you. Sorry. See, See you later. See ya. Very fortunate late afternoon to be joined by... Now, I've had a discussion, Mark, amongst many of my peers, whether it's Mark Gep, Mark Jep, which is what I say, um, or whether it depends on where you come from. But member for Northern Victoria, Mark Jep, MP, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Jade, and you got it in one. Yeah, it is Mark Jep, isn't it? Correct. uh, uh, And in fact, most words, there you go, in the English language, uh, that begin with G-E, are pronounced with a J. 
There you go. If you are, in fact, speaking the Queen's English or if you come from Adelaide, it might be a bit different. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I've got no voters in Adelaide, so yes, you're quite right. <laughs> Nor have I, so we can say that. <laughs> Mark, I wanted to talk to you firstly. We're going to get on to the Robin Vale executive housing money that was a surprise uh, announcement last week. We'll get on to that a little bit later. But first of all, Ali Kappa, we have her on here quite a bit because she is our uh, local state MP. Mm. But she is a member of the Legislative Assembly and you are the Legislative Council. Isn't that right? That's right. So we've got uh, um, two houses in uh, Victoria, uh, a bit like the Federal Parliament where you've got the lower house, the Green Chamber. We have the same in Victoria. That's uh, uh, the chamber that Ali uh, is a member of. And then you have like the Senate, which is the Legislative Council here in Victoria, the Red Chamber, and that's the chamber that I'm a member of. So, um, yeah, it's, and it's very similar to uh, the Senate. It's a, it's a house of review. Um, in fact, the Westminster system is uh, to have a complete parliamentary system. You have uh, three arms. You have the lower house, uh, you have the upper house, which uh, is mine, um, and the third element, of course, is the Queen, or yes. the Queen's representative in this case. The uh, Governor-General. The Governor, uh, or, or in that's right in Australia's case, the Governor General. So um, they're the three components. Uh, so that puts you one step away from the Queen, effectively. Well, well, I guess <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's one way of uh, of looking at it. Um, uh, I've never had the pleasure to meet uh, uh, the Queen, but um, uh, yes, I guess it does. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably a bit like Harry now, a little bit removed. <laughs> Yeah, but your wife didn't cause it. Um, Oh, I should stay away from that one. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, it is dangerous. Let's talk about the announcements that were made last week as part of the building, the state's building program, where Robin Vale received $500,000 for our workers' accommodation project. Yes, you did. And uh, congratulations. I know you have been uh, very instrumental in, uh, in that project over the last uh, 12 months in particular, and I am aware of the background of the conversation between you and the, the CEO of the uh, Swan Hill Council and how it all kicked off. Um, I, think I'm in everyone's, regu- uh, I think everyone's aware of that, and I'm not sure it's a good <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in regular contact with John, yeah. um, so I speak to him uh, uh, quite frequently. So, uh, yeah, we, we announced last week um, the Premier uh, was very keen to pump prime the economy. We've, of course, you know, we're all aware of the, the, the difficulty that the, uh, the economy is in now because of the COVID-19 situation. So uh, we announced the $2.7 billion building work stimulus package, um, and it was aimed at uh, shovel-ready projects, both big and small, um, right across the state. And uh, you might recall when Daniel announced it, um, he said uh, very clearly that, uh, most of the projects are not big projects, but they're designed to touch as many communities as we possibly can so that we can get people back to work. Uh, it's not just for construction workers, of course, uh, in infrastructure pro- uh, projects like this, but it's also the supply chain. So we wanted to do that. And um, uh, your fabulous uh, uh, project uh, um, uh, got a big tick. I was 
punching the air on Monday when John McClendon <laughs> called me and told me we had half a million. I couldn't, I didn't, in fact, I still haven't wiped the smile off my face. So um, <laughs> it's really exciting. And the pegs are in the ground already to mark out the, the blocks. So, fantastic. Yeah, it's, it is fantastic. Another fantastic thing that was announced yesterday, I saw the press release, is the fund to help sport and recreation in the form of yeah. survival packages. Yeah, it's really, uh, uh, it's going to be really important as we come out of the, the COVID-19 um, uh, circumstances and community sports programs are starting to gear up again and we've got to provide that uh, that seed money um, so that the sporting organisations can stay connected with their, uh, uh, their participants in particular um, and make sure that their sport at the local level level is ready to go when the uh, when the doors open and people can run out there and uh, uh, and play their various sports, particularly our kids. Mm. It is going to be hard for clubs, and I was having this conversation down the street this afternoon. Without the ability of crowds to come through that gate, and without the ability of you know the old canteen to run and the bars to run, it's it's going to be impossible for a little leagues and clubs to have any sort of competition, at least as far as netball, footy, hockey goes during the winter months anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And we know that, uh, particularly in footy, we know that many of the, the, the people who run out uh, in senior grade football actually uh, earn a quid from uh, uh, from doing so. They earn a very good quid. <laughs> well, it wasn't around in my day. Uh, probably <laughs> fortunate. I wouldn't have been a recipient anyway, but... Um, uh, some of them do earn a good quid. I'm sure it's all above board and it's all uh, uh, it, it's it's after tax income. I was going to say, certain. yeah, they're all filling in their tax returns and, and all, everything like that. It's all but, going but, through, but, completely through the books. Yeah, but the point you make is, Jade, is absolutely spot on, isn't it? Without the crowds mm. to provide that money, um, you know, a lot of uh, leagues and clubs are going to really, really struggle. So we know that from... Uh, from that level, but when we go through um, uh, down into junior sports in particular, and many of those sports rely on um, mums and dads uh, and nanas and pops who won't be able to go for a little while, um, uh, but they rely on those people to uh, to go along and and spend uh, five or ten dollars at the uh, uh, the canteen just to provide a little bit of money to cover the cost of referees and and ground hire and all of those sorts of things. So. Um, we know that that's going to be a challenge, so this money is going to be really important to uh, to cover some of those shortfalls. Mm, five or ten dollars, yeah, that's if you're there on your own and you don't have any children. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got kids at the canteen on a Saturday, it can cost you north of 50 bucks just in packets of chips, I think. <laughs> Easy, yeah. You'll have to do what my mum did uh, when we were kids, and that was she used to load us up with food before we went. Oh, um, yeah, my so. mum tried that, Mark, but it never works. The smell of hot dogs and dim sims and pies yeah. is just too much. And who wants a Vegemite sandwich when you can smell that? But that's why, no, that's right. like, you add up, you know, $50 for a family, and usually yeah. more than that, that's a lot of revenue over the course yeah. of, a, of a season. So to cut it short and then to not have that revenue from crowds, it – it just seems not viable as far as I can see. Yeah, no, look, playing sport is is not cheap and uh, we often think that, uh, um, you know, we go past the sports ground where there are kids out there playing and there's not a better sound in the world, is there? But no. uh, it's not cheap. Um, uh, it, it costs money to, uh, uh, to do that. And in these times, especially if families 
you know, have been impacted uh, on the work front um, uh, and simply can't afford that, you know, $40 or $50. They won't have the chance because we won't have the crowd. Mm. But, you know, um, so it's really important that we fill that, uh, fill that gap um, for people so that we can get as many kids in particular uh, out uh, back onto those, uh, those playing fields, whether it's a netball court or a footy ground or a hockey field or a soccer pitch, I don't care, mm. you know. Uh, I just want to see them uh, yeah. out there running around having fun. So this is part of the $50, $50 million through the Experience Economy Survival Package. So $10 million is available just for this Sporting Association fund, isn't it? Uh, well, no, no, there's, a hundred, there's over $100 million. There's, there's a couple of components to it. So there's $40 million that's available for the Community Sports uh, Grants Program. Nice. So that's the survival package. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then there's another $68 million, which is available for building works infrastructure programs. So, um, uh, and councils can apply for those grants. So where they're developing uh, new sporting um, facilities, et cetera, um, or it's planned maintenance, and they can apply for, for grants of up to uh, $10 million. Um, so $108 million all total. Terrific. Looks like we might be able to apply for a new basketball court too. Um, <laughs> I have actually sent this out to the likes of the footy club, the netball clubs, the cricket club, right. even the table tennis club who've lost their venue um, at, the, at yep. the college. So it's a really important thing now for associations and clubs to get applications in, isn't it? And I can't stress that enough because if you don't apply, you don't get any share of the money. No, well, that's right. And I always say uh, to all of the councils, when I'm talking to them or any stakeholder out there, um, if you don't ask the question, then you won't know the answer. <laughs> so, you know, um, uh, you've, I don't know, you know, I go in there and I advocate for all of the projects that uh, uh, that people apply for, um, you know, and ask for, uh, for due consideration. Of course, we know that we're not going to win them all. Um, uh, because uh, Victoria is—it's uh, small in footprint, but it's—it's uh, it's pretty large in terms of uh, um, need. So uh, we know the money gets spread right across the uh, the state. But if we don't put those applications in, then we won't know the answer to the question. Because uh, you know, we know if uh, if the Swan Hill Council doesn't. Uh, uh, put their hand up, then there's another 76 LGAs around the state that will. Yeah, well, that's it. So you've got to be, we've got to be in the mix and uh, yeah. and know what what we need and be shovel ready. That's the other thing, I suppose. Thank you very much for giving us some time today. Uh, thank you for your work so far in in the uh, the building projects fund and the community the sports sector short term survival package. Forty million bucks. It rolls off the tongue. It really does. <laughs> it does. It does. So look, I, I I really hope that all of your uh, sporting associations um, in and around uh, uh, Robinvale really give this uh, a lot of uh, consideration. Um, uh, the money is there. Uh, and if you get your applications in, they'll be considered. But if you don't put an application in, well, uh, you'll uh, you'll miss out. But mm. most importantly, the kids will miss out. So let's uh, if you don't want to do it for yourself, put it in for the kids. Yeah, do it um, for the kids. We've got new cricket nets going in at the moment, which is uh, that's the result of some funding we got a couple of years ago. So I know. Yeah, I know. I announced that as well. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and they're <laughs> actually going in now, which is awesome. They, they are. And, uh, look, I'm pleased to. Uh, to hear that, and um, I've got a very close connection with Robinvale because one of the staff in my office uh, grew up in Robinvale, so uh, yeah, so very familiar with the uh, uh, with the town, and um, 
uh, he's constantly uh, telling me uh, about the things uh, uh, from years gone by. I won't tell you his name and I won't tell you the mischief he got up to. But uh, <laughs> That was going know, to be my next question. Who is it? There's, prob- <laughs> there's probably, uh, you know, uh, there's probably some uh, some pen on the back of a toilet door somewhere with his name <laughs> written on it, I think. Uh, there always is. Maybe he's the next podcast guest we get. Mark, thank you very much for, uh, for giving us your time today. Thanks for your support and um, let's hope it continues and let's hope that, yeah, some sporting, some sporting clubs and associations do put their applications in because there is money there. So let's, uh, let's see if we can get some for this part of the world. Absolutely, Jade. Thank you for the invitation. I look forward to uh, uh, getting up there uh, as soon as we're allowed out and about and uh, having a glass of red and, uh, uh, with you and the rest of the council and the people in Robinville. I think we'll hold you to that, Mark. Good on you. Look forward to it. <laughs> Yes. Katie. Hi. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. Was it yesterday? Yeah. It was yesterday. That's what the cake's for. 29 and feeling fine. 29 and feeling? <laughs> I got it close, Donnie. I got it close. How old did you say? I said, I said 27, 26. I'll take yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Why were you even trying to guess how old she was? No, because I asked. Before Katie came. You what? I asked. <laughs> Before Katie came in, we were looking for candles to put on the cake. Yeah. We oh, right. We couldn't find couldn't them. Couldn't find them. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Charlie was going to do the run to, what is it, Richie's or oh. Fishers or whatever it is now? That would be his one kilometre for the day. <laughs> yeah. How many kilometres have you done? One kilometre a day. Yeah. For the last, when did we start? No, but well, you were supposed to run, although <laughs> did, we run ever, did we ever specify? What, for Charlie? Yeah, that he had to run. No, oh, I don't well, think if you're so. doing walking, I'd definitely do more than a K a day. But have you been running a K every day this month? So I take Harley for a walk and then – well, not every – Again, the re- question. I feel like you're going to record that. Thing, <laughs> <don't you? laughs> I take Harley for a walk and then he can only he, – he doesn't last a K. So we run for a K and then we just walk, go to the dog park. It's great. So you put the blame on Harley. Yes, Carry a doggy bag? So the answer is yeah. no. Yeah. No, no, but okay, definitely doing okay. Anyway, it's not about your running. It's about Katie's running. And you've been running with a nine kilo weight vest. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. The hips don't like it. No. The knees don't like it. And you're a small frame. Yeah. How is your – clearly your body's not coping with an extra nine kilos. No, my remedial masseuse last week hated me for it. He mm. wants to do another hour and a half at least. Wow. How many Ks are you up to? Uh, I'm up to – Give me a sec. I've got about 20 left to go with about three. So 140. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. For someone that was not a runner when we spoke to you at the end of April, mm-hmm. that's incredible. Well yeah. done. I've hit a couple 13K runs. There's been a little bit of walking in mm. between some interval running, but it's been, it's been quite tough. A few blisters as well. Did you run down today? Run today. No, yeah. I... Well, you only give me a 30 second notice. Yeah. <laughs> to drive. I was going to say, because if you ran down today, that was really quick. Yeah. yeah. I'm not Usain Bolt yet. <laughs> has it gotten easier or like, has there been days where you just like, I just can't do it today? Yeah. yeah. And then that's where I've had to make it up the day after or the day mm. after that. And you just go, if I have too many days off, but if I don't rest my body, I'm not going to be able to get it yeah. done. Mm. And Charlie's like, you know, it'll be five kilometres a day. But if I have three days off, that's that 15. Increase, yeah, yeah, increases yeah. the. Um, the amount of Ks I had to do. Mm. So mm. There's, um, there's team members who have already completed and some are going to who are already long-distance runners and yeah. they're doing – they've already done 200 kilometres. Yes. It's amazing what your mind can do mm-hmm. in, over – like 
your body's going, I want to stop, and you just go, no, just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer, and mm. next minute, you know, you've run 7Ks. Did you just say next minute? Almost. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have proper English <laughs> on, Actually, um, um, on my leave. The, yeah, I think I said it last week, um, one of the colleagues in Mildura's doing it as Colleagues. Well. <laughs> 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 and uh, she finished yesterday. So yeah, she's uh, she's she's done really well, but she's been running to work, so she'll run five k's in and five k's home. So on her four days on, four days off, so she'll do forty k's a week. Wow, wow, that yeah. forty k's a week, I still reckon is a lot. Yeah, and she's been doing some in between as well. Mm. So. Yeah, that's amazing. How much money have you raised? Yeah, so thanks to Charlie. Thank thanks you. to Charlie. And <laughs> <laughs> um, Charlie donated a hundred, I think last week. Yeah, um, I think so. so I have raised $1,555. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. incredible. Your target uh, was $500 or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, well, um, if if I got to the $5,000, I was going to do, like, boots and everything. Um, but, you know, you've got to aim, aim pretty high. But as a team, um, there's already raised uh, $340,000. Wow. That's going to go straight, straightly to Victoria. Mm. That goes to legacy. police. Yeah, police legacy, yeah. doesn't it? So um, I don't know whether we dived into it last time or not, but if a police member dies or anything like that, it'll take care of the mortgage and, yep. and things after afterwards. So really? it'll help the children and everything. Mm. So that's awesome, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a really good, a really good organisation. After we spoke to you last time, I um, I did a bit of research and a bit of reading, and. I didn't realise that you know the extent that it'll help to pay the mortgage and all that kind of stuff, but it's it's such a good thing and it's such a worthwhile cause. Mm. Oh, this one's dropping his lip. He yeah, wants some food. <laughs> oh, what do you want, darling? Sorry, eat the sprinkle one. Oh, you want blueberries? Catch oh, the healthy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Whose kid's that? Let's <laughs> pick. So people can still donate, though, can't they? Yeah, they can still donate until uh, I think it's going to run a little bit longer past the 31st. Oh, wow. Yeah, so... So um, does that mean you get extra time to do your case? No, definitely not. (laughs) (laughs) So are you going to come to Luke's running group on Saturday? Yeah, I've just just been told it was on. So I might be a bit slower with the nine kilos, but um, I'll still show up. Doesn't matter. 8.30, Saturday morning, bottom of the bridge. Great. Yeah, there's the um, Clothing the Gap for Reconciliation Week are also doing the virtual 10K. So I'm going to do that this weekend just because I'm kind of starting to feel a bit inadequate with everyone <laughs> running around me. So I may as well do something. And I thought that would be a nice a nice way to celebrate Reconciliation Week. But um, yeah, we'd love to have you along and put you in a t-shirt and a 42K hat. I forgot to give Anne Webster her hat, so I'll give it to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh. Well, I got, I got sec- second hand. Yeah. Well, no, it's not second hand. It hasn't been put on a head, but it's back there. What are you looking at? <laughs> it's back there. So you can have that one if you're happy with the colour. Um, but, yeah, so it'll be a, a good opportunity to get some extra Ks in. Yeah, definitely. Least. Definitely. Um, even you're, you're doing really well on Strava as well. There's See? been there's, there's been times where I'm like, I don't want to run. And then I'm like, oh, Jade's run. God, yeah. you've got to run. But you know what? That's why... I hold these fitness fitness apps like Strava in such high regard. It can get a bit competitive and unhealthy at times. But same thing, when you flick through or someone will give you a, a kudos or whatever and you go, oh, fine, okay, all right, I'll go. 
or I haven't done anything for three days, I better do something on Strava. I started using it. Because if it doesn't happen on Strava, it doesn't happen. No, but I started using it and then a couple of times, a couple of rides to work didn't come in and a couple of run slash walks didn't go on. And I'm like, you know what, I can't be asked. <laughs> Why don't you just have it on your phone rather than your watch and just have it on auto? What? Not a thing. Wow, this is probably... Too technologically advanced for Charlie. (laughs) He's got a 5G phone. What on earth are you talking about? (laughs) I'm giving everyone coronavirus (laughs) and cancer. Oh, don't even go there. So you've raised over $1,000. Have you got a new target or are you just wanting people to pour more money in? I am, you know, I'm just ecstatic with the support I've already got. Um, And if anyone wants to donate, it's more than welcome. Any dollar, $2, 50 cents... And it's all tax deductible too, I think, isn't it? Donations to police legacy. Yeah, so jump jump in and and they'll give you a tax invoice. Isn't it East Show over here talking on their own? How rude. (laughs) Donnie's going to donate right now. How rude. I do. I got a a dollar a K. It was was a K I donated. That's right. um, It's 320 bucks. Wow. Mm. Wow. Thank you. So Mm. that'll nearly get you to few. And I haven't donated yet because I'm waiting until the end of the month to see how you go. Um, And I can't commit because I've got to wait to see what clients pay the bills. Anywho. Um, so you've got a few days left to go, 40 Ks. You'll do that easy. Yeah. Won't you? Yep. Can we? Can anyone donate you some Ks? No. It's all, it's all me. I wish. Mm. I'll give you the vest if you want to have <laughs> No. <laughs> Mate, I am carrying about a 25 kilo weight vest around my hips and stomach <laughs> anyway. Right now. Here we go. That's right. Well, well done. It's such an honourable thing that you're doing. And I saw today that there was another police incident on the freeway. Yeah, I really? only just saw that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw it. The, uh, yeah, this morning while I was yeah. sitting at home, there was n- not involving a fatality of any more police. No, no, thankfully, no. Um, it's such a stark contrast in the way policing's done in Australia, Victoria, and overseas, and we're so so lucky. So thank you for your service. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll stop there. <laughs> I'll keep humble with that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, Peyton's been doing his Lego. I don't know if you've seen that, but he's... It's been mm, amazing. Yeah. And he has oh, done... I saw the ammo one. He's yeah, done an ambulance for you. He's also yeah. done a, a fire engine as well, but he's been... I don't think we realised how much of an impact that would have um, until I'd put it on. I went, oh, he's so... Because he asks a lot of questions and he wants to be an astronaut and a policeman when he's older. <laughs> but asks a lot of questions. Hand, really. I was going to say, yeah. me, me too. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then when someone said, can you put it on the Victoria uh, Memoriam page, I went, oh, yeah, okay, no worries. And the reaction from that was phenomenal. So now he's got a Constable T-Bear in his bedroom and he's got this video and he's got a shelf for his entire police force because he's got a canine unit now, a um, little dune buggy for the beach. He's got the helicopter. He's got the police station. He's got the jail. He's got the whole lot. But the interesting thing I thought as well was when he was building his city in his bedroom... The police station was what came first, and then it was the power and water station. That is smart thinking. I don't think that's a bit weird, though, for a five-year-old kid. Oh, no, he's your kid, though. Yeah, he's my kid. (laughs) Fair point. And with that, we're brought back down to earth. (laughs) Katie, thanks so much. Good luck for the the rest of the month that you've got, like, three days to go. So good luck. I look look forward to the running group. Yeah. We'll see you Saturday morning, 8.30, bottom of the bridge. If you need a lay down after that episode of The Veil, find a new couch, mattress or bed at Robin Vale Appliances and Furniture Zone.